Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Impersonatorus Rex. Written by Luke Condor. Narrated by Josh Curran. <sighs> My husband does a great dinosaur impersonation. Her shoulders dropped, falling under the weight of her own words. She glanced back at Gerald, and he saw tears in her eyes, trapped but not falling. She forced a smile and led him into the living room, her hand gently clutching his fingertips, pulling him inside. Gerald looked upon what would have been a good home at one point in time, a place of life and comfort, a place to raise kids, place to rest, a living room to really live in, varnished oak tables and bookshelves, a dark brown shag carpet, an open fireplace with stacked faux wood logs, an old-fashioned hat and coat stand, a framed Jurassic Park film poster. It was a nice place, though. It was rustic, homely, but like Tor's marriage, it was broken. It's a shame, really. Gerald thought. 
The red wine stains would never come out of the carpet like that. There were broken picture frames, too. An ornamental cat that had lost its head and had been clumsily glued back together. An oak coffee table chipped and scratched as if someone had kicked it or maybe thrown someone onto it. Maybe held them down. Maybe worse. I'm sorry to hear that, Gerald said as he pictured it all happening around him in a single explosion. A bursting thunderhead of emotion, expelling years of distrust and miscommunication in a single evening. Her screaming that it was over, that she wanted a divorce, the husband doing his best impression of a monster. Tor was an attractive woman. Judging by the portraits hanging over the fireplace, she had been stunning at one point in time. There she stood in the studio photographs, effortlessly vivacious in her black evening gown and silver hoop earrings, gleaming proudly next to the man in a corduroy suit and thick-rimmed glasses and teeth big enough to eat an apple through a letterbox. Jesus. She should count herself lucky to get away from that guy. He looks special. Real special. You can't leave me, Gerald imagined the husband saying as he threw a bottle of red wine across the room, splashing it across the wall and the carpet with a great crack. He probably screamed and roared as he kicked and punched the wall. She might have mewled when he put his hands to her. He glanced once more to the portrait looking at the man's small, sunken eyes and his wide smile, full of jagged teeth that looked like they'd been filed into angular points by a blind man with Parkinson's. He probably wanted to eat her. Whoa, where did that come from? Gerald wondered. Why would he want to eat her? He supposed that spurned lovers had done stranger things. Drink, Tor said, turning to him once more her thick black lashes dancing up and down. Gerald reached forward, brushed a stray lock of blonde from her forehead. She looked up at him with her eyes the colour of fresh pennies. She grabbed onto his hands, squeezed, and he leaned in, felt her body tremble. Yes, please, he said with a smile. That would be lovely. She turned and walked into the kitchen, and now, left alone, he relaxed. How lucky he was to find such a broken little heart. How much fun he would have putting her back together. Gerald found emotional damage as attractive as lace lingerie, and he'd developed a knack for picking out the heartbroken ones from the online dating sites, had fine-tuned his technique for approaching them. It was all about giving them control of the situation, see? Up to a point, anyway. He'd been giving her all the control so far. She set the meeting place. She invited him to her house. She led the conversation, asked the questions. She had been in charge of everything. But soon, he would take it back. He would steal the control from her luscious red lips and he would have his night of fun. And then, well, he'd go on to the next woman, spread a little more joy. Slumping onto the sofa, Gerald kicked off his shoes, stretched out. 
He looked once more upon the portrait above the fireplace, Tor and her soon-to-be ex-husband, smiling and holding on to one another, not a care in the world. I'm sorry, mister, Gerald whispered, but tonight she belongs to me. The thought alone sent a shudder of pleasure running through him, tickled the base of his spine, but the pleasure cooled when he heard the knocking. A sound that made him jump in his skin. Had his flight reflex going one to ten as he turned to the stairs behind him, inspecting them up and down. What the hell was that? Kids? Tor said they never had kids. A pet cat, maybe? He watched, half expected something to peer down from the top of the stairs at any moment. He was about to stand and inspect it when Tor returned with two glasses of red wine and sat down. Here we go. Thank you. They sipped in silence. It was quickly becoming awkward. You're blowing it, he thought. Ignore the stairs, get your mind back in the game. You look lovely, he said. Lame, you ain't getting in a pants with compliments, Getter. He sailed along to the sofa towards her. was about to ask her what she would do if she only had 24 hours to live. It was a stock question, something he asked ladies to get them in the frivolous, end-of-the-world mindset. So, he began, here's an interesting one. Say you only had 24 hours to... The knocking again, longer, more pronounced, like a big dog running across the hallway above. Sorry, I didn't know you had pets, Gerald said. Huh, oh, no pets, you were saying? She sipped the wine and nodded him on. Odd, he thought. She just skipped right on past that, no explanation at all. Gerald suddenly felt very warm in his cheeks. Frustration, or fear, or lust, or maybe the wine. He coughed into his hand, continued. Okay, so you have 24 hours until the end of the world. What would you do? Tor chuckled, drank, put the glass on the table. Her lips were stained plum red, and her cheeks flushed. The broken little woman had gone. She looked as calm as anything now, even a little excited. Well, I guess I wouldn't do anything other than what I'm doing right now. Bingo, lads, 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 she's a keeper. Yeah, he said, feeling like things might turn to the sexy sex a little sooner than planned. He scooted a little closer. Their knees touched. And what might that be? She leaned into him, held her mouth an inch from his. Her perfume was all over him. It dusted his neck with goosebumps. It was like NOS to his engine. He felt his innards thrumming. He wanted her. He wanted her now. Talking to tall, dark strangers like yourself. 
the noise upstairs, ignore it. Probably the neighbours or something. It's a semi-detached, remember? Yeah? He kept his eyes on hers, only glancing away to her lips and back. And what about you, Gerald? What would you do? Eyes. Lips. Lips. Ignore it. Keep your mind on the mission, buddy. She's good to go. You're in. One small step for your mind, one giant leap for little Gerald. He moved his hand to her chin, felt the soft skin in his fingertips, leaned in for the kiss. I would do you what the... He jumped to his feet. The man was in the corner of the room, smiling, in nothing but his pyjamas. Oh, don't mind me, the man said, still grinning, his face leering out from beneath the harsh lamplight, obscured slightly by the coat stand. You're... Wait, wait, no, you're the husband. My name's Thomas, the man said, giggling like a five-year-old high on Skittles. (laughs) But you can call me Tom. Um... Hello, Tom. Gerald backstepped, banging his ankle on the coffee table. I have to admit, you look a little different to your profile picture. We thought you'd be taller, more handsome. Wait, what did you say? Gerald's mouth filled with spit. His gorge pushed up against the back of his throat. His skin turned to sandpaper, the notches in his spine collapsing inwards. He felt himself growing shorter, the follicles on his scalp squeezing shut. Confusion and anxiety shot through him. Little Gerald withered. He burped, felt the sick coming, and managed to call for... What's her name? Torn... Torn... Tor? She wasn't on the sofa now. She was behind him, beneath the sandy archway over the porch that led to the front door. Yes, Gerald, she said all sweetness and smiles. He turned, sawing her standing as proud and effortlessly vivacious as she did in the photos. Swingers, perverts or something, get out, grab your shoes and get out. His cheeks grew hot as they laughed. He felt like he was the butt of a joke, and he didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. What kind of sick game is this? What are you two doing? Preying on vulnerable men? It's wrong, damn it, it's wrong. Tor laughed as she kicked off her high heels. They slapped the wall and fell to the floor. Thomas began to undress from the other side of the room, stripping down to his underwear. Gerald picked up his shoes, held them above his head like a weapon. We were having troubles for a long time, Thomas said kicking his pyjamas to the side. We weren't living our best lives. See, everybody has their quirks, Tor continued, flanking Gerald. Thomas just wanted to be something a little different, a little prehistoric. And for the longest time, I didn't understand, and because of that, we struggled. But I've come to understand now. I've come to accept him and his impersonations. You'll see. 
There was a clicking noise from Thomas now. He stretched outwards, bones creaking and popping, pushing to new limits. The harsh lamplight decorated the wall with dancing shadow puppets. His head lowered, pushed forward, elbows tucking up into his sides, hands splaying forth like lengthening witch's claws. He snapped at the air, hissed, spit dangling from his mouth in gossamer strings. He was ludicrous but horrendous in his conviction. The mind went and the body followed, and Gerald watched the transformation in utter shock. It was Jekyll to Hyde, Banner to Hulk, Thomas to... to Dinosaur. Thomas, no, it... it took a wide step forward, his shadow mimicking the Jurassic Park poster. He roared. Oh my, Gerald said, urine spilling down his leg, pooling in his socks. Incredible, isn't it? Tor said. It's like he's not really Thomas anymore. No. No, that isn't even a man anymore. Even the smell was different. Those angular teeth seemed to sharpen. The face seemed to stretch out into a snout. Finally, the glasses fell from his face, and the pupils widened into fat black spots. They focused on Gerald. No, not even a man now. A monster. A monster, and he wants to eat me. As fast as anything, Thomas lunged forward in two bursts and hopped up onto the coffee table. He swung his head from left to right, cawed like a demonic bird from hell. A mouse squeak escaped Gerald's lips as Thomas lowered, sniffed Gerald's hair. Run, you idiot, run, 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 run! Gerald's paralysis broke as he turned to run. His legs were jelly, though didn't quite feel like his own. There was a jumping sound, a freakish cry, and then pain. Thomas had grabbed onto Gerald's shoulder with his mouth, his goddamn mouth, his teeth pressing, sinking in, quickly finding the bone and grinding, splitting veins and arteries, grinding, grinding. Gerald cried as he struggled left to right, hitting wildly at the face with his loafer, eyes locking onto his own, growling. He caught Thomas on the nose and the man's locked jaw loosened gave way. Gerald tumbled forwards, hot blood pumping out from his wound. Keeping himself steady with his free hand, he got to the archway of the porch, walked through, pulled on the door handle. It was locked. He slipped then, slid down into a sitting position, back up against his only exit. I told you. Tor was standing above him now. She looked beautiful. Maybe the most beautiful thing that Gerald had ever seen. He sobbed his toddler tears. My husband does a great dinosaur impersonation. The Thomas Dino was up again, moving around in the next room over, screeching at the air, sniffing loudly. Let me go, let me go. Her hand reached to the switch on the wall. Let me go, let me go. My husband does a great dinosaur impersonation. Let me go, let me go. She said again. But with a bit of practice, I realized that I could do an even better one. What? <laughs>
something clicked, and the porch light disappeared, sinking Gerald into a sea of pitch black. Tor? Tor? She didn't respond. There was a moaning, though, a shadowed shuffling as something clicked, popped, then a dinosaur growl. grumble in his direction, a screech and a leap. He smelled her lush perfume as her teeth sunk into the meat of his breast. He tried to push her away, but her husband soon found them and joined in. Gerald fought as best as he could until he didn't have the blood to do so. His arms felt heavy now, his breathing laboured. He felt them pull and snap and pop and was reminded of the sound of people eating barbecued ribs. He pondered on his own succulence as he faded to nothing, leaving the married couple to their romantic meal for two, snapping and hissing at one another. After they were done with their main course, they sat down on the sofa, shared a cigarette, finished off their wine, looked lovingly into one another's eyes. I do love you. Tor said. I love you too, Thomas replied. They kissed, made love, as deep and as primal as any married couple could. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Impersonator as Rex was written by Luke Condor, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Mayu and Sam Robson. Do you have a question? Would you like to know how to write a short horror story, or even narrate one? Or maybe you'd like to ask a question about editing a show like this? Well, now's your chance to ask anything that's been on your mind, because we're taking questions for the next Ask Us Anything. This is something we do every now and again for our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. So if you have a question and you want access to an exclusive episode every single month, then head over to patreon.com forward slash Cleaver and pledge from as little as a pound. That's less than the price of a cup of coffee. Now, a big welcome to new patron, Sarah Hill. Thank you, Sarah. You'll get access to the exclusive episode. You'll get access to episodes before they're released on the main feed. And you can ask us any of us a question. So, thank you so much. If you'd like to join Sarah once again, that's www.patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. Until next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.